Good afternoon. As president of Princeton University, it gives me great pleasure to extend a warm welcome to the graduates of the class of 2002 and to advanced degree candidates and their families and friends, members of the faculty, and other guests who join us today and for the next several days to celebrate the accomplishments of these graduates, our sons and daughters, students and friends. It is a particular pleasure to welcome today's baccalaureate speaker, Meg Whitman of the class of 1977. This baccalaureate service is one of Princeton's oldest traditions dating back to the first ceremony in 1760. The address was delivered to all 11 of the graduating class by Samuel Davies, the fourth president of Princeton. In his address, he struck a note that has been echoed since over two centuries of baccalaureate services. Davies urged the graduates to, I quote, live not for yourself, but the public. Be the servants of the church, the servants of your country, the servants of all. Let your own ease, your own pleasure, your own private interests yield to the common good. Serve your generation. Just over a century later, President Patton's farewell to the class of 1900 included the following thought. Let me tell you that there is nothing so great in life as love, nothing so sweet as service, no pleasure like that of feeling that you are conferring pleasure on others. Live, he suggested, the unselfish life. Separated by some 150 years, these statements express similar thoughts which are no less powerful for their simplicity. Put your knowledge to good use in the service of others. That was the message then, and that is my message to you now. As I think about the graduates here today and the promise that they represent for a better society, my overwhelming feeling is one of high expectation. Princeton takes pride in the loyalty and the devotion of her alumni and to the special spirit that they demonstrate. May your Princeton spirit lead you to build strong families, construct meaningful careers, support resilient and responsive communities, and always remember that you cannot fully express your humanity without responding to the needs and the interests of others. Once again, welcome all to the beginning of our commencement activities.
Good afternoon. My name is Ilham Al-Kustaf, class of 02, and I will be reciting Surat Al-Fatiha. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Alhamdulillah ar-Rabbil Alameen ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Maliki yawmiddin. Iyaka na'abudu wa iyaka nasta'in. Ihdina as-sirat al-mustaqim. As-sirat al-ladina an'amta alayhim. Ghayri maghdubi alayhim waladdalin. Um, please rise and kindly join me in reciting the Surah Al-Fatiha in English. In the name of God, the compassionate, the merciful, praise be to God, the cherisher of the world, the compassionate, the merciful, master of the day of judgment. You alone we worship and your aid we seek. Show us the straight way, the way of those whom you have favored, not of those who have incurred your wrath, nor of those who have gone astray. Let us pray. Most merciful God, we have come together in your name to acknowledge your glory, to thank you for the benefits and challenges we have received at your hand, and to seek your guidance and peace in an anxious time. Especially we ask your blessing on this university and on those who are about to graduate. Pour your wisdom into us, O God. You made us to know you and to love you and to love one another as you love us. Give us grace to look beyond our own self-interest to the common good. May the knowledge gained here, the connections made here, and the power garnered here be dedicated to the establishment of peace and justice. May all parents, teachers, chaplains, and other guides be so assured of your faithfulness that they may commend their children and their students to your service with brave and confident hearts. Help all of us today to own whatever measure and tradition of faith we have been given and to rededicate ourselves to your service for the upbuilding of others, the lifting up of the forgotten, and the care of the world. In your name we pray it. Amen. Azuni Ritual Song Sequence. Now, enough days have passed since the moon who is our mother, there to the west, still appeared to be small. There to the east now, standing full above the horizon, she makes her days into finished beings. Our spring children, those who wish to grow old, carrying sacred cornmeal, Carrying shells, there with prayer we make your sacred roads go forth. Those who at the first beginning were given to the world, the bushes, the forest, 
we meet them there. Those who are fortunate, at their feet, sacred cornmills, shell, we offer them from our fingertips as we look to the sacred directions. Those who are fortunate, pulling seedlings, drawing them toward them, those who stay there quietly, their finished roads holding, their old age holding, we bring their sacred roads in. Our daylight fathers, our mothers, our children, to our healing water room, we make their sacred roads come in. Enough days have passed since the divine ones with us, their children, have lived their days on earth. Now, this very day. Please join me and rise for the recitation of Psalm 67. Elohim Panav May God be merciful to us and bless us, show us the light of God's countenance, and come to us. Let your peoples be Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. May God bless us forever, and may all the ends of the earth stand in awe before God. Yivarchenu Elohim. A reading from the Gospel of Matthew. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain. And after he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he began to speak and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Here ends the reading.
I am honored to introduce today's baccalaureate speaker, Meg Whitman, the president and CEO of the online auction house eBay. Meg is a trustee of Princeton University and graduated as a member of Princeton's class of 1977, where she was an economics major and a lacrosse and squash player. Following an MBA at Harvard, Meg held senior positions at several companies, including Hasbro and Walt Disney Company and Bain & Company, before becoming the CEO of eBay. eBay is a company that has ignited the public imagination as a combination yard sale, classified ad, flea market, and auction house, offering users the chance to buy, sell, and trade amongst themselves everything from collectible antiques to used automobiles. Under her leadership, eBay has expanded from a small U.S.-focused internet trading site to a global marketplace with 46 million registered users and more than $9 billion in gross merchandise sales. eBay's success comes at a time when other online businesses born in the dot-com revolution have failed. Market analysts and e-commerce watchers give Meg Whitman highest marks, pointing to her intelligence, her straightforward approach, and her masterful consensus-building skills. Her personal integrity is the hallmark of this company. She has been described as tough-minded, collaborative, and decisive. I know she sets high standards and ambitious goals for herself, for the company that she leads, and for the university she helps govern. A leader who trains her sights on the far horizon, Meg believes strongly that users build a company, and she listens intently to what they have to say. She has allowed them to help guide the site and develop innovations like customized online storefronts. In good measure, the success of her company can be attributed to her efforts to build a community of users. This commitment to community is apparent in Meg's service on Princeton's Board of Trustees, where she brings clear thinking and decisiveness to the governance of the university. This year, Meg, her husband, Dr. Griff Harsh, and her children made an extraordinary new commitment to community at Princeton with their support of the new four-year residential college, Whitman College. Whitman College will house undergraduates from all four classes, graduate students, and faculty. 
in a setting that comes very close to Woodrow Wilson's 100-year-old vision for the ideal residential life at Princeton. Please join me in welcoming Meg Whitman. Well, thank you very much, Shirley, for that fantastic introduction. And thank you, the class of 2002, for inviting me to be here today. Now, before I get into the more serious stuff, let me just say congratulations. I know you are all thrilled. I remember how I felt just 25 years ago when I was in your position. I was just squealing with joy. I couldn't believe that I was about to graduate and that I had made it through. That I would graduate was not entirely evident from the start. When I arrived at Princeton shortly after turning 17, I thought I was at camp. I was more concerned about recovering my clothes after our girls' bicycle streak from the chapel to the hockey rink than I was about completing my reading assignments. When my parents received my midterm grades in my freshman year of three C's and a D, <laughs> Parenthetically, that was when Princeton had grades other than A and A minus. <laughs> anyway, my parents called to inform me that Camp Tiger Town was all but over, and I was more than welcome at my community college in Long Island. Anyway, I finally did get my act together, and on my graduation day, I figured that the hard work had been done and that it was on to the good life. Yes, it was hard to imagine without living being surrounded by my friends, but I was eager to move on and optimistic that anything was possible. You should be equally thrilled and as optimistic. Graduating from Princeton is a wonderful achievement that you will be proud of for the rest of your lives. You are an unbelievably talented group, and Princeton has prepared you very well for what lies ahead. You are now free, at liberty, to make your own choices. And in that you have invited me to speak today because of my experience in business, I would like to share with you some of the lessons that I've learned over the last 25 years of my career. Princeton taught me, as it has taught you, how to analyze an issue intellectually. And analytical skills are often essential prerequisites for a successful career. 
but they are not sufficient. Equally as important are five tips that, on this day of your liberation, I hope you will remember by the mnemonic liberty. L in liberty stands for love what you do. As you now choose what to do with your life, my first piece of advice is to find something you truly love. Life is too short to do something that you're not completely passionate about. Experiment, try different jobs, and don't be afraid to change. When I enrolled at Princeton, I intended to be pre-med. It took only the first month of organic chemistry to dispel that notion. And in order to fill the voids in my afternoons created by the lack of a chem lab, I began selling advertising for Princeton's Business Today magazine. I thoroughly enjoyed the interaction with people that this marketing offered, and thus began my career in business. So whether it's writing, teaching, or acting, medicine, full-time parenting, environmental studies, or law, pursue your passion. Do what you love doing. The I in liberty stands for integrity. My advice is this. Never, ever compromise your integrity. Listen to your own conscience. The most important criteria for every professional decision you make will be not whether it gains you a promotion or wealth, but whether you believe it is the right thing to do. One such decision faced eBay in just its second year of existence. From its start, eBay had permitted listing of any item that could be legally sold. And although this rule appropriate, appropriately excluded some of the more outrageous things people tried to sell, such as their kidney, their virginity, or their children, it did pose the problem of what to do about items that could be legally sold, but whose selling might have harmful consequences. For instance, Firearms were a booming, highly profitable category on eBay. I began to question whether firearms were appropriate items to be bought and sold on the Internet, where identities and ages of buyers and sellers are not easily verified. Thus, in February of 1999, we decided not to allow firearms to be sold on eBay. Yes, we lost that source of revenue and took some heat from sellers, shareholders, and proponents of more laissez-faire management, but it was the right thing to do. As one of my board members said at the time, Meg, this, this decision speaks volumes about the character of the company. The same moral judgment was later applied to the sale of Nazi memorabilia. Although it is perfectly legal to sell Nazi artifacts in the United States, we decided that it just wasn't appropriate on eBay 
and eliminated the category. Now, one check I have used in making all kinds of decisions throughout my professional career is to ask myself whether I would be proud for my mother to read about it on the front page of, ne of the next day's New York Times. Now, there are many other companies that have made integrity one of their core values. One example is Timberland, the footwear and apparel manufacturer. Executives at Timberland believe that doing well and doing good are inextricably linked. Timberland established a global code of ethics for its manufacturers that mandated payment of a living wage and quality working conditions for all employees. Timberland regularly audits its Asian factories for compliance, and those who break the rules lose the business. It's as simple as that. Business leaders who don't adhere to moral principles risk personal and corporate ruin. Enron's leaders and their accomplices at Anderson lied and cheated. Their companies are now nearly defunct, employees' life savings have been wiped out, and the culprits are likely headed to jail. Stock analysts, motivated by personal greed, who hyped a stock publicly while ridiculing it in private, now bear the shame that exposure of such behavior brings. So if you're ever pressured to compromise your integrity, my only advice is don't. Instead, leave the situation, blow the whistle, quit the job, but make sure that everything you do is consonant with the highest moral principles. You will find that your own internal moral compass is as essential in your work as it is in other areas of your life. Now we come to the B, E, and R in liberty. Good news is I will combine these because I do have a time limit. And frankly, it works a lot better. So B, E, R stands for bravely engage risk. In my view, the cost of inaction is far greater than the cost of making a mistake. So take risks. Undertake new endeavors, even though you may not succeed. If you restrict yourself to areas of assured success, you will never experience the thrill of succeeding where you thought you might not. You will also limit your opportunities to learn from having failed. Failures, of which I've had more than a few, are the most valuable learning experiences. My first job as CEO, uh, as CEO was at FTD, Florist Transworld Delivery. After two extraordinarily challenging years of selling flowers, I was fired. This was very humbling, to say the least. But I learned more from my two years at FTD than, though, than from those at all my previous jobs combined. Now, taking risks that could prove painful often requires bravery. 
Accepting the job at eBay required that I leave a secure job as president of a major division at Hasbro, that my husband leave his position as a neurosurgeon at the Massachusetts General Hospital, and that our two boys leave friends and schools for a move 3,000 miles across the country. This seemed a rather high price to pay for the opportunity to lead a two-year-old company with only 19 employees, $4 million in revenue, and a funny-sounding name. Talk about throwing all the cards up in the air at the same time and seeing how they come down. Friends, mentors, and parents thought we were not brave, but crazy. Fortunately, the move worked out well for our family, and we were rewarded for our risk-taking. I believe that even had we failed at eBay, the move would have been the right decision because of the learning value of the experience. Next, the T in Liberty stands for total effort. Whatever the task, you must do the absolute best job you can all the time. Results actually do matter, and rarely do good results come without hard work. I am often asked, hasn't it been difficult being a woman in business, particularly in technology? And my honest answer is, I really didn't give it much thought. I simply focused on delivering the best results possible. Now, sometimes it is difficult to work your hardest. After receiving my MBA, I joined Procter & Gamble, the world's premier consumer products company. I was eager to develop brilliantly innovative marketing plans. Imagine my dismay when my first assignment was to determine whether the hole in the new ivory shampoo bottle should be 1 16th inch, 2 16th inch, or 3 16th inch. I had to spend three months designing consumer trials, analyzing mounds of research data, and writing memos on the size of the hole in a shampoo bottle. I thought I would lose my mind. <laughs> but I did the best job I knew how. I rewrote those memos until they were perfect. And I could be proud that I had done the best job I knew how. You will note, however, that I no longer work for P&J. Next, the R in Liberty stands for respect. The most important lesson my dad taught me was to respect others' feelings, to treat others as you want to be treated, especially when angry or anxious or nervous. I try to remember this simple golden rule. Every time I begin to say something, I consider the impact, both positive and negative, that my words might have. This applies for coworkers, friends, as well as customers, and my own family. It is almost impossible to be perfect at this. You always have to tell the truth and sometimes you have to deliver bad news. But if you do it in a manner that is respectful of the other person, you will find that they are very grateful. 
Now, finally, we come to the Y in liberty. The Y stands for you, but with a twist. My last piece of advice is this. Life is actually not about you. It's about what you do for others. You are a very special group of young men and women, selected as the best and the brightest, and recipients of the nation's best undergraduate education. But as the New Testament parable says, to whom much is given, much is expected. Your school, your community, and your country are relying on you to make life better for others, to give something back. eBay had such an opportunity after September 11th. Like everyone else, we were deeply affected. In response, we established Auction for America, a new trading platform on which anyone could sell items free of charge as long as all the proceeds were donated to the September 11th or the Twin Tower Fund. The site was developed in three days, a task that normally would take our development engineers three weeks. And we soon collected over $10 million for the families of the victims of this tragedy. Although this project absorbed tremendous effort and sacrificed profit, as individuals and as a company, we benefited tremendously from this giving. So, as you go through life, look for opportunities to make a positive difference in the lives of others. You will find that it is far more rewarding to help others than to focus on yourself. It's easy to become self-absorbed in our society, but the true joy lives in the giving back. Your part in building a better world doesn't require a high-profile job or a controversial act. No matter what you do for a living, there are thousands of creative ways for you to help others. Organize a walk to raise money for cancer research. Urge the companies you invest in to avoid explo exploitation of workers and the environment. Or visit the elderly in a nursing home. The public service project of our 25th reunion class is a fabulous example. 240 wheelchairs were purchased and delivered to Guatemalans who were poor and paralyzed. From the film clips our classmates brought back, it was difficult to say who was more joyous, the eight-year-old girl who, for the first time, was able to move about without crawling on her arms, or the Princeton grad who had lifted her into her new wheelchair. In your careers, and in your everyday choices, each and every one of you will have innumerable chances to be kind to others, to break down barriers, to be a caring citizen, and to demonstrate leadership for the good. Look for those opportunities and seize them. Measure your success, not in dollars or by promotions, but in the lives and minds changed for the better, including your own. Now that you are free from the demands of college exams and parental expectations, 
as you enjoy the liberty of making life's choices. Consider that L stands for love what you do, I for integrity, never ever compromise your integrity, B-E-R for bravely engage risk, T for total effort, and Y for life is not about you, but rather about what you can do for others. As fanatics terror threatens America and the Middle East, as greed discredits Wall Street, and as nuclear war looms in South Asia, America and the world needs now, more than ever, leaders with analytical skill, moral principles, and the determination to help others. I know that Princeton has prepared you well to meet this challenge. Again, thank you so much for inviting me today. Congratulations. I wish you well. Please stand. Let us offer prayers of the people. Blessed are you, O God, creator of life. You give us purpose and hope. Blessed are you, eternal truth. You give us minds to know you in the things that you have made. Blessed are you, source of all mercy. You know our weakness and are always ready to forgive. Blessed are you, lover of souls. You bind in one community the living and the dead. Blessed are you, wellspring of all wisdom. Let us pray together a prayer for Princeton. O eternal God, the creator and preserver of all things, we beseech you to bestow upon this university your manifold gifts of grace, your truth to those who teach, your joy to those who learn, your wisdom to those who administer, your laws to those who hold this mission and its work in trust. By these gracious influences of your spirit, bind all who bear the name of Princeton into the company of those who know your steadfast love. Amen. Be generous in prosperity and thankful in adversity. Be worthy of the trust of thy neighbor and look upon him with a bright and friendly face.
Be a treasure to the poor, an admonisher to the rich, an answerer of the cry of the needy, a preserver of the sanctity of thy pledge. Be fair in thy judgment and guarded in thy speech. Be unjust to no man and show all meekness to all men. Be as a lamp unto them that walk in darkness, a joy to the sorrowful, a sea for the thirsty, a haven for the distressed, an upholder and defender of the victim of oppression. Let integrity and uprightness distinguish all thine acts. Be a home for the stranger, a balm to the suffering, a tower of strength for the fugitive. Be eyes to the blind and a guiding light unto the feet of the erring. Be an ornament to the countenance of truth, a crown to the brow of fidelity, a pillar of the temple of righteousness, a breath of life to the body of mankind, an ensign of the hosts of justice, a luminary above the horizon of virtue, a dew to the soil of the human heart, an ark on the ocean of knowledge, a sun in the heaven of bounty, a gem on the diadem of wisdom, a shining light in the firmament of thy generation, a fruit upon the tree of humility. Gleanings from the writings of Baha'u'llah. As we pass into a new existence in the world, may we take to heart the teachings of the Buddha and cultivate through generosity, right speech, right conduct, and right action, the root of the wisdom of the Buddha. Compassion for all living beings, the loving kindness to seek the liberation of all suffering beings. May it be as Lama Drikung Bande Dhammaradza says in the Jewel Treasury of Advice. Loving kindness is like a warrior victorious in battle. In an instant, it annihilates all the hordes of Maras without exception. Meditate on all beings as your parents. This is my heart's advice. In our new lives, may we give freely to benefit others suffering privation. When we talk, may we speak the truth gently. When we think of others, may we think of how they might have happiness and peace. May we never cause intentional harm and always work to relieve suffering wherever we find it. Thus, all actions can be transformed into peace, into Dharma. O oh God, our help in ages past, our hope for years to come, our shelter, our vision, our friend, you have poured out your grace upon us. And as your spirit continues to guide us in your truth, grant that we might have the faith to pour out our lives as a beautiful offering of love and thanksgiving to you. And now, may the God of peace, who through the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus Christ, that great shepherd of the sheep, equip you with everything good for doing God's will. And may God work in us what is pleasing to God. Through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Two readings from the Vedas. Om Bhur Bhavasva 
Atsavitul vereniam, Vargode fasiadi mahi, Tioyona prachodayat. O God, creator of the universe, we praise you. May you fill us and purify us with your light. Samani Vakuti, Samana Hardianiva, Samanam Stovo Manoyatava Susasati. United in heart, united in spirit, may we long together dwell in unity and peace. God of all ages, bless us with wisdom, and bless us with a time for laughing, a time for planting, a time for healing, and a time for peace. Baruch Adonai, Eloheinu melech haolam, shehechianu, v'kiemanu, v'higianu, lazman hazeh. Blessed are you, Adonai our God, ruler of time and space who has kept us alive, sustained us, and let us reach this point in time. In the name of Allah, the most beneficent, the most merciful. O oh Allah, forgive us such sins as would affront our continents, bring down calamity, suppress hope, and hinder our supplications. O oh Allah, Inspire us to remember and invoke Thee. O Allah, treat us with clemency and mercy. O Allah, make us pleased and contented with what Thou hast allotted us. O Allah, make us modest, humble, and unassuming in all circumstances. O Allah, grant us wisdom, courage, and strength to follow the right path. Amin. This is adapted from William Strunk and E.B. White's The Elements of Style, whose maxims apply as well to the art of living as to that of writing. As we continue to confront the twin difficulties of self-expression and understanding, may we remember to use our full range of voices, from the exclamatory to the inquisitive to the parenthetical. May we prefer to be active, but also know when passivity is to be preferred. May we first learn the rules, then learn why the rules exist, then learn when to break the rules. May we be positive. May we be natural, understated, and clear. May we eliminate needless words. May we continually revise.
Please rise. Dear, dear members of the class of 2002, and those graduate students receiving your degrees, you are moving into a world that is in deep need of peace, a world in need of those who are seekers of justice and makers of peace. So let's practice now. Share with gentle strength the peace saying, the peace of God be always with you. And now the benediction. May the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God. Be attentive to God's call. Be ready to do God's will. Be assured of God's love. Rejoice. The blessing of God be with you this day and always. Amen. Go in peace, rejoicing in the power of the Spirit. Thanks be to God.